Hunting is not easy. It never has been. It takes dedication, motivation, a lot of patience, and quality gear. If you manage a food plot, put up stands, or need just one more game camera, we can help at MidwayUSA.com. We opened our doors in 1977 and continue to put customers first by offering super fast, same day shipping. For just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. When it comes to hunting boots, how many pairs does one man need? Well, how many seasons are there? Turkey season? Deer season? Duck season? Dove season? Honey, how many pairs of boots does one man need? At least one more pair. For just about everything for hunting, go to MidwayUSA.com. I'm Larry Potterfield with Midway USA. Thanks for your business. Hey, I just got back from lunch. Did you finish that report yet? Uh, well, not exactly. I'm still working on it. I'm not finished just yet. Uh, I got a little sidetracked, but I will get them to you first thing this afternoon. <laughs> it is first thing this afternoon. Well, yeah, I, I understand that, but I mean, I, I am working on it. But I'll have, I'll... what do you mean that the report isn't finished yet? I'm, I'm still in the process of working on it. I've just been a little distracted. T- distracted? Our meeting starts in an hour. Have it. You, you no no. What were you doing? Were you listening to another hunting podcast again? I swear, I give the staff in this office the freedom to do whatever they want to do as long as they meet a deadline. That is the first bullet underneath your job description. Pays attention to detail and deadline and deadline. Dude, are you even listening to me right now? Welcome to episode 125 of the Whitetail Distraction Podcast. My name's Austin, and joining me in the Rack Shack, Charles Hedlund. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. That bush light tastes pretty good tonight. Oh, my God. Dangerously good. Dangerously good. <laughs> I can hardly see the cam. Yeah, it's because it's camo. You see, you can only see the orange ring around the top and bottom. <laughs> oh, my God. What are you drinking? <laughs> it just blends in with my screw gear. Oh, that's beautiful. What's going on, man? Oh, dude. Been a hot minute. <laughs> kind of. Not, not too, too long, but it's been a minute. Uh, you know, it's it's whitetail season. It's kind of hard to not be excited. A bunch of bunch of deer have been hitting the ground yeah. everywhere. People have been seeing bucks like crazy. It's just been pretty wild. Yeah. By the time this thing drops, it's going to be like dropping with the temperature. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do. We have a gnarly cold front coming <laughs> oh, this yeah. weekend. And I think Sunday, which is our Sunday to hunt, for us PA boys is actually probably going to be one of the better days of the weekend it's going to drop big time you're not even going to be here i will not but that doesn't doesn't matter matter. (laughs) doesn't matter i'll be in a state where i can still kill something with antlers on its head and you can still hunt sundays no matter what yeah it's true yeah 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 we'll be leaving friday afternoon going down there getting things set up and starting our hunts on saturday yeah which there's actually there is a bill in the office right now um for them to give full reign to the game commission for, you know, I, Sunday. I think it's been bouncing around for a little bit, it's right? It's been bouncing around, but the, you know, the game commission sent out an email today talking about how the Sundays are coming up and like, hey, by the way, don't forget about this bill. Contact okay. your legislators. So <laughs> with all the uh, new election results, how does that fare for our chances? That is a, I mean, that's a fantastic question, but, you know, 
Because it's like 50-50 right now, right? You know? Yeah, it is. So that actually, that bill is uh, Senate Bill 607. Okay. And it would provide the agency with full authority to regulate hunting on SB Sunday. SB 607. Where's that at currently? Is it in the Senate or House? Or it's in the Senate. In the Senate. Yeah. I think it already passed the House. Is that correct? I do believe you're right. I think it passed the House. This is the next step, the so... But it's a Senate bill. I don't know how any of this shit works. Yeah. I just know that it needs to pass both. And, get signed in. Yeah. and, you know, we were bitching the other day and talking about daylight savings time. It's like, well, you know, guys, uh, don't worry. Next year. What the what the hell are we waiting for? Like, why? We couldn't just say, hey, you know, guess what? This year, guys, don't roll your clocks back. Like, no, we got to wait till we have a full an, year. Another go around, apparently. And <laughs> why? So, this is stupid, but I'm pretty sure it has something to do with the sun. Nobody prepared for it. Like, we're not prepared yet to have our daylight savings given up. We got to wait another year so everybody can get used to when the sun rises and goes down. I mean, we could have just been like Arizona the whole time, just right. not had just, any of this bullshit. Just but F it the is world. What it is. We're going to do our own thing. Yeah. It's what they did. Yeah. I don't know. But. <laughs> Other than that, you're rocking some nice gray here tonight. I am. You I are as well. Vest. I was going to wear that hoodie tonight, but I uh, want the vest instead. Yeah, I was going to rock my vest, but I went with the hoodie. So <laughs> we are on the same page <laughs> quite a bit. good, though. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, you know, go over and use WDP20 for 20% off your first purchase over at Scree Gear. They got some awesome stuff going on. Check it out, guys. They got sales like crazy. Join the VIP group they'll send you text and they'll send you emails with all of their sales it yeah. seems like they're constantly they have some uh, pre-black friday sales going on right now and yeah. i'm imagining that means there's going to be actual black friday sales so keep a keep a lookout for those because those are some pretty good deals and if i'm not mistaken it's like 60 up to 65 percent off some of the items like yeah, yeah yeah some of the other ones are mostly like 40 about 25 percent 30 percent you know that, that's like that range they always typically want to throw a sale out there between 25 and 40 percent yeah it's pretty exciting but go over there and check them out um you did something the other day and i'm pretty sure you sent a combat vet into battle i sure did bud and it worked yeah <laughs> worked beautifully i found that thing laying back behind the deer that i shot it through and it was just caked in blood yeah the archery they leave freaking the gnarliest Dude, blood trails in the industry man. you should have seen the blood just pumping out of that thing as he was running away from that entrance hole too it was just gushing so out good cut on contact yeah yeah that's what i love the most about it yeah. i mean i think that hybrid design is pretty much unbeatable yeah it's not halloween anymore but you know it's never too early to see that freddy krueger blood <laughs> so good. or too late i guess or too late i guess yeah i should have put it that way <laughs> and then you know i, I know i've been hunting out of something I, I could be like going out on a limb here but I've, <laughs> <laughs> I've been hunting out of some stuff and uh, i know you have been too the monarch platform for me buddy oh good googly moogly i got the ridge runner yeah yeah you have my old ridge runner right? i do have That's your old right. ridge runner right. dude i love that platform that the 2.0 is pretty gnarly it too, looks though, sick yeah it does yeah, it looks nice it looks even nicer i know but i'll tell you what they have a lot of great stuff go check them out go check out their platforms out on a limb mfg.com and uh, see what they got. They got all kinds of good things. Yeah. So, all of that being said. We got all that out of the way. Yeah. Had to take care of business for yeah, a second, guys. Yeah. You know. We've had a poor gentleman in here patiently waiting for us to shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> we got John Griffith. What's up, Bubba? Oh, not much. How are you guys doing? I caught you like mid-slurp on yeah. the beer. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, was, I was slurping it back there. It's you, okay. You man. were trying to get that last slurp in before you had to talk. I wet the whistle. I like yep. it. I like it. <laughs> so what's up, man? How you been? Good, good. My season's been over for a little bit, so I've been. We we did go to New York and hunt for a few days to get back into it, but 
yeah, it's I've I've been done for a little while. So that's pretty that, solid. Man. That's a beautiful thing. It is. It is. You know, us as I don't know how you guys are, but as sportsmen, I have so many hobbies that like that buck is like always looming over your head. It's like if I could kill this buck, I could open so many doors, so many avenues to go down. Yeah. And uh and I love deer hunting, but I love killing other animals too. Yeah, you're a big beagle guy. You love rabbit hunting, so kind of yeah. getting that buck out of the way was nice for you. Yeah. That's something you don't have to chase them all late season, do all that kind of stuff, yeah. wait for rifle season, everything else. I've said it before, and I'll say it forever. I think if I could fill all my tags in archery season every year, get them out of the way, I'd be happy to do it. Yep. I do like I do like to kill a deer with a gun, though. I won't lie. Killing with a gun is not, not a bad experience either. Yeah. I, I'll tell you, stacking up on some dough in rifle season – it's a good time. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a good time. Having like no stress of like filling your buck yeah. tag, like going out and hunting rifles is a lot of fun. Going out with your buddies, doing some drives, yeah. just, you know, kind of dicking around, not not really having an agenda sometimes is, is pretty nice. You yeah. kind of get that deer camp mentality too, like you and your buddies just going out and having a good time. Yeah. I do enjoy that. Yeah. That's kind of what brought rifle hunting back to me. I mean, there, there was a point where it was just like, go in the woods by yourself, shoot a couple deer drag them out, go hang out at camp. And it was like, it wasn't the same, you know, kind of bringing back that whole buddy hunting mentality. And, you know, even deer drives, like if I'm doing it with the right people and we're doing small, organized deer drives, not chaotic with stupid people, I honestly don't mind doing it. You know, like wind bumps and different things that we've tried. You know, whether they're successful or not, you're hunting with buddies. You know, you're, yep. you're bullshitting, you're talking to different guys. That, that stuff's real enjoyable yeah. for sure. I would totally agree. We skipped over a major part of this, and I want to take it back just a little bit. Let's go back to young Jonathan Griffith, <laughs> or just John. You're not a Jonathan. You're just a John. Baby John. Let's go back yeah. to baby John. Where are you from? What do you do for a living? All that fun stuff. Um, I'm from Newcastle, Pennsylvania. Um, went to Laurel High School. Um, grew up in the country. My I was lucky. I grew up. Uh, my father owns my parents own two farms in Laurel. Um, so I grew up pretty much going on my back door and doing whatever I wanted to do. Hunting, fishing, pretty much been my lifelong passions. Um, I remember one time when I was young and, uh, I was like, dad, I want to play football. And he's like, well, you can do whatever you want. He's like, well, I will tell you though, if you play football, you know how much you like to archery hunt. You're going to get to hunt like on Saturday. That's it. I was like, God, I don't want to play football anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so like, that was the end of like my football career. That was and smart. It, man. it got it got it got uh, X before it ever got started. Yeah. Listen, he's not wrong though. Like that one year I played golf and hunted every day, pretty much was my freshman year of high school. I loved it. That was my favorite year by far. Yeah, I'm a fan. You were a golfer yourself. I, lo- I was on the golf team. I loved it. Yeah, it it did cut into the beginning of archery season just a little bit. Just a little bit, yeah. But it was like it's the beginning of archery season. You can right. deal with – you can take some blows at the beginning. Yeah. It's right now when if you don't have a buck that you want to be in the woods every time you have a chance. Oh, yeah. I mean, that brings right back into what we've always talked about with like that's the, the, the uh, Senate bill that's in right now about Sunday hunting. Like you just mentioned, kids in high school that play sports, especially – football it takes up your whole hunting season i mean you know yep. laurel is about to play my alma mater union in the playoffs just 
this Friday. I yep. saw that's like, going to be big. Right, but they're still playing. You know what I mean? We're in November, mid-November, and they're still playing football. There's no chance that they'd be able to, to hunt at all other than Saturdays. Yep. Imagine if you had a Sunday growing up. It's like, well, you know, the weekends, maybe I would still, you know, play football or whatnot. But to have to choose, you know, for me, it was always like my dad told me, hey, look, you got your whole life to, to hunt. You only got four years to play high school sports. At least play something, you know, if you want to. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. But I'm telling you, dude, golf is the, that was the cheat code that I, <laughs> well, I, I should have stayed with. That is the cheat code in high school <laughs> sports. I had a good time playing golf. Dude, I had a, bl- a blast. It was so much fun. And if you're playing the right course, you can still see deer. Yeah. True. You know. Some good deer, too. Yeah. I've seen some really good ones on the country club. Our, our home course when I was in school is now a bunch of farm fields. Well, I would love go. to get back on there and, and hunt. My was that Mohawk? Goodness. Uh, no, not Mohawk. Uh, Rolling Hills. Rolling oh, Hills. Dude, Rolling Hills. Little Rick. Yeah. 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 My yeah. uncle worked out at Rolling Hills for the longest time. Yeah. Yeah, it was man. that was the place. It's man. all ground up now. It looks beautiful out there. For <laughs> deer, <honey. laughs> you ain't kidding. I've been hunting some neighboring properties near there, and there's there's some big boys. There's some good deer back there, um, but a lot of deer, just numbers, yeah. unbelievable numbers. But man, sorry, I took us on a side road. No, it's good, man. We're, we just <laughs> say we get down these rabbit holes, man, and it just you don't even remember it's what fine. we were going to talk about before. It's fine. We were pretty much just going to talk about Union beating up on Laurel this this weekend i think oh yeah definitely they might i don't follow it enough to know anymore no. so laurel beat them earlier in the year i was at that game the only game i watched all year i was at it and uh there was some controversy to it of course but laurel's got a good team man they're pretty solid I, i've heard they've had a good team I've, I've heard that lately so yeah yeah well man you know i kind of wanted to get you on here because you have like this this i mean i've known you for a few years now and every year it seems like you get on a buck and you end up killing a buck. Well, a while back we got to talking and it seems you've kind of been on a little bit of a streak. Yep, for a little while now. What's that streak kind of? We'll get into that a little bit. So this year killing this buck is the 20th year in a row that I've shot a buck, whitetail buck in Pennsylvania. So, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit they haven't all been slammers. <laughs> yeah. um, I've gotten... Um, slightly pickier as i've gotten older but when i was younger it was legal it was down yeah you know for sure so uh but at 20 years it is it is uh, a streak worth noting and uh i'm proud of it so, i definitely would be man that's i mean hell yeah i've only been hunting 20 years so i would have had to shoot a buck every single year and i know how difficult that was especially in our earlier years man that's that stuff was not easy and only i think don't quote me on this. I'd have to think. It was three or four I've killed with a rifle. Everything else had been with a bow. That's awesome. So everything else. It, and that's what started me this year. I've killed so many deer that I, um, this year, I wanted to switch things up a little bit with the traditional archery gear. I went with the recurve this year, and I've always thought about doing it. And then this year, I finally said, you know what? I was talking with Austin. I was like, you know what? I'm going to make the jump this year, and I went full bore into it. And, uh, you know what, I, the buck I killed this year, it would have been a really nice buck at it. It snapped off half its one side, but to kill that deer with, um, the recurve this year was one of the most gratifying things in my hunting career. Huh? It was a blast to spend all the time, you know, first off learning about it and then setting the bow up 
and then practicing. I practiced for months and months. And I mean, I learned one thing. I thought, you know, I'll pick this recurve up and within a month I'll be good. Wrong. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> my buddy, my, one of my really good friends came over when I was first getting into it and I was launching arrows. That's pretty much what was happening. They were just buzzing all over the place. I even missed the target a couple times. And he's like, there is no way you're going to be able to hunt with that weapon. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to get good enough with this thing to take it into the woods. And then he came over like a week before the season started. He said, I want to see you shoot that again. And I shot and he's like, that's much better. <laughs> I was like, I hope so. I've spent a lot of time shooting. Yeah. I mean, I was shooting like probably between like 30 and 70 arrows every night, you know, going out and, you know, just shooting. That's what you have to do. It's a serious commitment, man. And I'm, I know you kind of went full bore into this. I mm -hmm. mean, you're, it's funny. You're wearing the push hat right now. Yep. You kind of dove into the push big time. I, I know that. And, I know you really did a lot of research on your bow and you started tuning arrows and you built, I can't even tell you how many sets of arrows you were building and going through different weights and everything. I mean, it was pretty insane. You want to get into that a little bit, kind of what your process yeah, was? So the push for anybody that isn't looking to get into traditional archery, you should check them out. They're awesome. Cause I literally had no guide, nobody that would, that, that I know that was traditional arch that shot traditional archery. And, uh, so I had no, I, I was just researching one day on online on YouTube and their videos popped up and I started watching and there's this, uh, kid, uh, Matt Zernzak is his name that is, I think in charge of the push. And he has actually a whole tutorial like on like tuning bows and like different methods of shooting, like gap shooting. I didn't even know what gap shooting was Right. when I got into this, like then there's like a fixed crawl. And I was like, what the heck is a fixed crawl? And you know what? It was, their videos are so informative. It was awesome. I literally just followed all of his advice and set everything up and, uh, it worked. Yeah. I feel like most people that think of like traditional archery, like even I know I did for the longest time, like everybody thinks you pick up like a recurve or a longbow or anything like that. And you're just like, oh, I'm just going to instinctive shoot. That's not necessarily the case, especially not in like the past few years, at least when people have kind of really got more into it. And it's becoming more of a trend again, going back into like the traditional archery yeah. aspect of it. Sort of like saddle hunting came about back in the eighties, yep. let's say, and it just basically died off. And now there's this huge new resurgence. So, I mean, you think back like in the sixties and the fifties and sixties, people were starting to, you know, bow hunt a little bit more rather than rifle hunting. And now it kind of died off a little bit as the tra traditional archery as like, you know, compound bows came out yep. mm -hmm. and now it's kind of like a new rise again. The traditional archery games getting freaking huge. Yep. Yeah. I think it's because anybody back then that used to use those damn bows that were so terrible <laughs> yeah. that once they came out with an actual bow that shot like a compound, they just couldn't believe the technology. And, you know, a lot of people advanced with ad advancement in itself. They just continued to grow as the archery world grew, but grew, but like you said, you know, it makes a lot of sense of that full circle back where a lot of guys, you know, especially younger guys, like they're going back towards traditional archery because it's, you know, it's something that just kind of drives you in a different way. Like you mentioned. First, first off too, these, even these recurve bows now, they're not the recurve bows. Exactly. Back in the day, exactly. like the bows I have are not, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not close. You know, you're, you're, you're dealing with so many different types of materials that they're using. Now the bows are quicker, more tunable. Well, I mean, I guess a recurve bow is only so tunable. You got to tune the arrow to the bow, but I mean, it's just the, 
they're they're not the same bow that they used to yeah, be. Yeah, exactly. And, and these aren't the same saddles from the eighties either. You know, it's yeah. a whole different world, and that's why I think that that full circle resurgence came about. It's just because the technology now is so great, even with traditional you're still shooting something that's very modern. Yep. Even though it's Absolutely. technically a traditional piece of equipment. And it's definitely no, it's still no brand new, you know, Matthews VX3. No. Don't get me wrong. It's not that. But, you know, I hadn't shot um, next to somebody with a compound in a long time. And we, we went to New York and we were, we had, I took a target and we were whipping some arrows. And I shot my 45 pound recurve and I, and then my buddy whipped his new mat or he had a new Hoyt. He whipped an arrow. I was like, wow, that's slow. My, my <laughs> arrow looked like a slug compared to that thing. <laughs> thing just was Mach 10 compared to my, it was like a pea shooter. I bet yours was pretty quiet though too. It yeah. was quiet. Yeah. I'll tell you these new um, compounds though, they can spit an arrow. It was whipping. Yeah. They're like a freaking laser beam. It is. You yeah. can't see the arrow. Mine, you can track it pretty much the whole way there. Yeah. <laughs> What is your setup looking like right now? What kind of bow you got? What's your arrow setup? So um, the buck, the arrow, the, I actually have two bows. The one that I killed the buck with is a Bob Lee hardcore, and it is 47 pounds at 28 inches. However, I'm a big guy. I have a 30-inch draw, probably right around 53 pounds. And the arrow that I'm shooting out of it is a grizzly stick. Oh, and man. I, I love these arrows. However not to knock them too bad i but they have they're so tunable because you can f a high foc it's really nice for building an arrow for a recurve bow they come with a weight system and a collar that you can adjust they're so adjustable their arrows and they they do they are a nice arrow very nice however when i did kill this buck i shot with the recurve i shot right through the front shoulder and it lodged in the opposite opposite side and the collar broke actually on on the arrow got the deer so it's a success story and it's good that i still got the deer and even though it somewhat failed and i'm going to call grizzly stick about this and i'm curious to hear what they have to say if they have any remedy to the fact that their collar broke on their arrow yeah. i mean that's supposed to make your arrow almost like ironclad at that point in time like literally there's supposed to, there's guys that stump shoot with these things and shoot arrows in the stumps and they're, right. they're they're supposed to hold up so yeah, I mean, that's something I would definitely get a hold of them and kind yeah. of talk to them about. I'm sure they definitely like the feedback and, you know, you and never still, know. And when I say, as I say that, I'm still shooting those grizzly sticks because I really like them a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it did do its job, but you're right. I it mean, did. It's, it's not supposed to, you know, break, but it did. It and did. you definitely want to get some answers because yeah. you want to figure out why and yeah. definitely know your equipment for sure. That could be something too that they're working on. I mean, that collar might be. Yeah. You're, you're, I mean, you're talking about hardware essentially. It wasn't the error that failed. It was, no, it was the hardware no. that failed. Realistic. And the errors fly really nice. And like I said, their system for, um, especially with a um, recurve, like for putting their high FSC arrow and their tapered arrow, but it's very nice that you can adjust the. They sell the weight. You literally screw them right into the into the uh, collar and you put it on the arrow. And it's, I mean, it's it's so easy. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I remember hearing you talk about them, and uh, then working class bow hunter just had grizzly stick on with Joe yeah. Scheffler, and they were talking about him. And then I grew a little bit more interest, and I went on. It was such a good episode. I checked him. That's a great episode. Love that. I went on and checked them out, and uh, they are really nice. Yeah. They're very pricey. They're very pricey. But yeah. for what you get, I think uh, I think it might be worth it. But 
it's something that you kind of talked about before. I wish you kind of move towards like maybe an ethics system with them. But yeah. it's not really possible because they're tapered the way that they are. Well, there right? was a, there was a, now there was a kid. I think it was like and as a YouTube video. I think he's like the do it yourself sportsman or something like that. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, sportsman. I believe. Yeah. I believe, and he was going. He actually shot these grizzly sticks, and he was actually having not a problem with the collar actually um, breaking, but he was spinning the arrow to see how straight it was, and he was getting a wobble. Mm-hmm. in the um, collar of the arrow. And he actually went to a different method. He actually used a hidden insert Interesting. In, in the arrow. And then he had some type of collar he put on the outside of it too. So to beef it up. But I can dig that. <laughs> so kind of walk me through your season here a little bit. You know, you got it done a little bit early, but you had I a did. few hunts before that, right? I did. Um, and I, I, was, I saw a couple bucks prior and uh but not i really i think that was my fourth sit i killed the buck and uh really i don't have much to speak of prior to that and then um i saw this buck and i saw him making a rub i saw he had a really nice at first i was like oh man that's a really good one and i was like there's something wrong with it like it one side was really big and i couldn't see the other side (laughs) (laughs) and like it was early in archery season i just didn't expect that and then I watched it for a while. I was like, do I want to shoot that deer? And I realized what was going on that it had like, it probably has about that four inches or three inches on the other side where it snapped off. And then I said, you know what? I got the recurve, man. If he gives me a good shot, I'm going to, I'm going to give it to him. And, uh, he gave me a perfect shot. I drilled him. Deer ran 40 yards and it was over. My season was over quick. There's nothing wrong with that, man. That was, what kind of broadhead were you shooting on that? Because that, that went pretty, uh, Pretty good for 40 it, yards. It was. And actually, the broadhead I'm shooting is really cheap one. It's a wasp. And uh, it's like a cut-on-contact uh, broadhead. And the the weird thing is I spent all this money on these um, iron wheel broadheads. And uh, I didn't even shoot them. I shot this deer with this wasp. <laughs> but it cut a huge hole. Great blood trail. No yeah. complaints about the broadhead whatsoever. I mean, it was sharp. It cut. It did its job. Nice. I checked out the Wasp lineup when they were at the Great American Outdoor Show. I think yeah. it was uh, either last year or the year before, or whatever year it was. I think it was last year. And uh, man, I mean, they, the Sodi Pop. They did have some impressive <clears throat> broadheads. Like they had a pretty nice lineup for sure. Thank you. Um, I I liked a lot of their stuff, but yeah. you know it. It, it is what it is. I mean, I why I, I'm kind of, I guess everyone's probably curious. Why did you end up using that instead of the Iron Wheels? Because I had another setup at the time. I I also bought a Black Widow um, recurve, and I had the kind of I had the Iron Wheel set up for the Black Widow. Gotcha. And then I had these wasps set up for um, this setup too. Okay. I was kind of rotating back and forth between the two bows. To be honest with you, I was shooting the Black Widow even more because I. When I bought this Bob Lee, it was actually a little heavy, too heavy of poundage for me to my, work on my form and stuff. Sure. And I was like, well, I didn't realize what I was getting myself into. And like the first couple of times, like it's only 53 pounds. I'll be able to pull it back easy. First couple of times, I was like, this was a huge mistake. I mean, I'm pulling 70 pounds with my with my compound. And I pulled this back. I was like, man, I feel like a woman. I was like shaking. <laughs> and uh, I was like, so I humbled you quick. Yeah. I was like, well, that. So then I was like 45. I got the other bow at 45 pounds. And I was start able to, that actually was what got me to shoot good though, because you could hold and that you could work on your form, 
and uh, it just, you could hold it, aim it, do, you know, and, and then once I transitioned to the heavier bow, it made things a lot, I mean, once you build up your muscles and stuff, as you guys know, when you start to shoot for the first time, even with the compound for the first couple times of the year, you're not where you are after you shoot, you know, for a while, so. Yeah, yeah, you definitely got to build the muscles back up starting the summer and kind of work through it. I mean, some guys shoot all year round. I Honestly, I'm not one of those guys. I just, you know, pretty, pretty much pick it up in the summer whenever the shoots start and start shooting my bow then and then, you know, throughout season. Yeah, I mean, even given that, I feel like we start a lot earlier than oh, the your average guy. Say, I mean, yeah. When it comes to 3D season and stuff like yeah. that, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you're shooting in June, that's that's pretty early yeah you know yeah especially when you're throwing bombs out there and you know we'll be messing around throwing out 100 yard shots and <laughs> plus but it's it's fun though yeah it is fun and it definitely trains your eye like we've always preached as well you know shooting those longer shots make them short ones but how do you do that with the uh traditional where'd you start out shooting did you start close, close. and then work your way back i had to build my confidence because like i was right. trying to shoot like 25 yards i was like this is not good mm-hmm. it was not going well it was not grouping the way i wanted to until i like really watched this matt zernzik's video and i started to like like implement some of his principles and you know it's and i'll be honest that what what really changed my accuracy is i bought a clicker if you know what a clicker is so if you don't know it's a it's a piece of spring steel that has double-sided tape and it sticks to your limb almost looks like a peep sight in all honesty and has a string that connects to your your string your bow string mm-hmm. so like one of the big problems with shooting a recurve is consistency because when you have a compound you are reaching that wall i mean bang right. the bow comes back you can't pull it any further where with a recurve you have that play all the time and you may not think it's a lot but your head tilting forward by a quarter inch or back or you like stretch the skin on your the corner of your mouth a little bit that all changes the impact of where your arrow is going to hit so i put this um, I was doing a little research and I learned about these clickers. So I bought one, I put it on the bow and that made me so much more consistent because I was getting to the same exact draw, the, um, anchor point every time. And, uh, it just, that increased everything. Um, I actually was really nervous right before archery season because I had been practicing with this and I was like, man, I wish there was and actually there was a guy that I, I run, I do a lot of um, beagle trials and a guy that I was judging with and one of these trials is really big his brother actually makes custom um, recurve bows and long bows and I was asking him about this clicker and he was like well you can quiet it get some of this that like felt tape and put it around the spring steel he's like you'll still be able to feel it in the string but it Anyhow, I tried all this crap he said, and it didn't work. <laughs> Not at all. Like, this thing was clicking so loud. I was like, as soon as I get the full draw, any self-respecting deer in the woods is going <laughs> to run a mile away. As soon as I get the full draw, I was like... <laughs> Click, click. I mean, it's loud. It's, it's audible. It it's definitely is. Not like, it's not like click. It's it's loud. So I was like, screw that. I got to take it off. So I just ripped the thing off my bow. And I was like, I hope that all this damn practice I did this year is going to show itself. And it did. You know, I had a couple like flingers there, but then I really bared down and I, I really shot really good. That little guy. Don't worry about that little guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, like the, night, like the night I shot the buck, I had been hunting with the other bow, and I got this bow out. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the Bob Lee. It's heavier. And, and 
I went out and I literally shot like a, well, luckily I was hunting right behind my house. So I had my archery set target set up there. I just went out and I ripped four arrows and I'm telling you, I stacked them. I was like, I felt so confident that night and I, and I went out and drilled a buck that night too. So just uber confident. I see. I like doing that too. Like if it's Saturday or even just during the week and I can get out, if I can have a couple of shots first and I feel like that, I mean, that's a good rule for a lot of people to even try. I mean, I shouldn't say rule. It's good practice to try and go out before. Just kind of build that confidence real quick that you know your your equipment's ready. It's it's on. You know you don't have any excuses at that point, and just go out and shoot just those couple and build that confidence like you just did, dude. Unreal. Well, you know also that like in the past when I shot my compound, I would always you know preseason shoot, and then once archery season came, I mean every once in a while I'd fling a few arrows. But, like, with this recurve, I thought it was imperative. Like, I don't want to get in a tree unless I'm winging a few arrows before I get in the tree. Yeah. You know, I like to shoot and make sure that, you know, I'm, I feel good. No, that makes total sense. So the, the clicker, I'm imaging this in my mind, basically, then you put it on the limb. And then, in, like you said, as a string, which ties to your string. So whenever you get to a certain point, that's when it clicks. Correct. So you adjust it to whatever your draw Correct. length is. That way you know you're consistently coming to the yep. same anchor point every time. And then once I got it where I wanted it, like I kind of Mickey Mouse it to like, mm -hmm. and I would like pull it back and be like, well, that was a little short and adjust it. Then once I got it where I wanted, I ser actually served it into the string of the bow. Like, and it was, you know, solid there. Um, and that was, that was huge. That was, yeah. that was huge for me. Yeah. I know we were, you actually brought your boat into work the yeah. one day. And we were talking about how loud it was. And you were like, I, dude, I want this clicker on here. I've been shooting so consistent, so good with it. But like, you're like, you got to hear this. There's no way I can hunt in the woods with yep. it. And you brought it in. I think the, like, even like the air compressor and stuff was running in like the background. And you pulled it back and it was like, click, click, like real loud or everything. <laughs> you're like, I was like, no way, man. It just no sounds way. like acorns falling. Oh, Come on. Yeah. It was like, it was intense. <laughs> it's like, I got to get that thing off there. I was like, if I can't hunt with it this year, I'll pull the compound out and go that route. But like, I would hope that I practice more this year than I've ever shot any weapon ever in my life. I would hope that I would become somewhat competent with it yeah. by that time. Yeah. Now you mentioned you went back behind the house. That's where you shot your buck this year. Yeah. So did you have any prior knowledge of this deer, any summer scouting, anything involved where well, you've seen this deer before? You know, I had, I run cameras back there pretty much year mm -hmm. round. I mean, because it's easy access. Right. And no, this buck I had no prior encounters with. I did actually, believe it or not, I had another buck that actually had at half rack that early, and it was a different buck. Um, I had a few decent bucks on camera, but I had even, that was played into me even shooting that deer too. I was like, I usually I have a, a really good buck on camera somewhere, and I just didn't this year, just being honest. I just didn't have... He's just not monster. on your camera, man. He's out there breaking everybody's racks. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's, I mean, in past years behind my house, there's always been a, a really, really good one. And I've been close to killing him several times. But yeah. um, the area, I will say the area I hunt in, it's very heavily hunted by the Amish. And I don't know what experience you two gentlemen have with the Amish. Oh yeah, people on the show have heard us talk about the Amish several times. I don't want to go bashing too hard. But. No, it's it's not a bashing thing, but let's let's be realistic here. We live in Pennsylvania. Yep. We live in a high, you know, Amish population area. We just have a high hunter density. High hunter density on top of that. Yeah. And come gun season, 
Shit gets pounded. The gloves are off here. I mean, yeah. now that they can use crossbows, to be honest, we have, I mean, I have one property since they've come onto that property and they started hunting with bow or crossbow. It's gone downhill quite a bit. Yep. It's been, you know, a very negative experience for me, but, mm-hmm. you know, hey, I mean, it's it's open to whoever hunting, so. Teach their own, man. Right. Yeah. That really big half rack them. right there, dude, the property I shot him on, awesome property. I won't hunt it anymore because literally they came in and it it's just it's ruined it's not yeah it's not even huntable anymore. they they are takers not givers they will kill every deer that they have a chance to kill yeah and that's not to say that they're bad people no no I'm, no 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 but they're i mean they're hunting with a different purpose than you and i are hunting. absolutely right, right. right. it's and a different are, purpose and they are hunting for food right in a different set and, and we are not yeah, I can, I can still go to the store and I'll buy steaks and chicken and all this other stuff and then eat deer meat on top of that. Yep. Where they could do the same thing, but they they live off the they but like you said they take off the land. Like yep. yeah. if, if you know the the fish limit is 6 and you catch 3 fish and go home, they're going to catch 6 fish and go mm-hmm. home yeah. every time, you know. Yep. You know, if they have 8 deer tag, they're they're going to shoot 8 deer. They're not going to shoot two and say, well, you know, I got enough for the year. They're going to shoot eight. You know, that's just the thing. I mean, that's, that's, that's the way how they it's, are. It's tough. I know. It's tough. But it's like. That's not bash on them either. It's just it's realistic. Not. It's the realistic it's truth I mean, of it. it they don't have to be Amish. They're, the same person could be doing that, you know, have the same mindset and be doing the same thing to your property and not be Amish Correct. as well. You know, Absolutely. it's just like the problem is with them, it's like everybody and their family hunts and they'll come in 10 deep, 20 deep and just you know, crush a property. Well, you ever watch them drive a property out, you'll get an education there. Especially in oh, yeah. the mountains. You ever seen yeah, with the pots, pots and pans? pans. <laughs> well, About 50 deep down the road, yeah. pots and pans. How many are on the other side? I've seen them come through my dad's property. It's about, my, my dad's property is 57 acres, I believe, is where, where I grew up. And I've seen them drive it in one swoop, 18 guys right through there. There's not, a, I mean, what, what what's going to live through that? Right. I mean, I'm yeah. not saying big bucks are smart, man. I've watched them get, they can slip through the cracks. They're very good at it. But day in and day out, when rifle season comes, they are relentless. Two weeks of driving every day, same woods. They know where the deer go yeah. it's day in and day out. And the, and the big woods don't survive either because I know they came up to even our camp with the big woods and did the same thing. And like you said, every single day they're in there and they are stacking deer on top of their, you know, the little deer cart things on the back of their jeep or van whatever they can i think it was a van that like eight of them came in they oh, yeah. literally stacked deer on there every single day it's like how many years can a property take of that they right? can't before the property you it, know before the, the numbers just diminish so terribly that you you don't have good good hunting anymore yeah it's tough well they don't think about next year they think about what's happening this year yeah yeah hey and they're, you know what, there are still good deer. They slip through the cracks out there, and they manage mm-hmm. to come there every year. So, um, yeah. I don't know. Has anything <laughs> showed up since then? Since you've shot? I, oh, them, I've had a ton. Of, I've had a ton of. I've had a ton of bucks come through. Yeah. I've had a ton of bucks, and I've had some really good ones show up too. Actually, a couple of good ones. I kind of wish I would have waited for, but it's the way it goes. <laughs> it is what it you is. Know, you know how that goes. Yeah, I, I do. That was going to be the next question. Is there any of the ones that uh, made you regret and not truly regret? Because like you said, your first year with a, with a recurve. Uh, I was, I was still ecstatic about it. Yeah. Like I said, I, it's an accomplishment. Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was really, really pumped up about it and I still am pumped up about it. I was very, very, um, I was very excited about it. Yeah. yeah I mean that relief, like you said, I, shit it's been like two days since i've shot my and i just like 
and, a new man. And I love to, I, I'm really big in, I love rabbit hunting. I love running my dogs. Um, I do. I, and, 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 and yeah. that's, that's like, so when I get done killing a deer, I can concentrate all on my dogs and I, we, we run, I mean, I don't kill every rabbit. I run them all most of the time. I just stand out there with some of my dogs running and on the weekends I will kill several rabbits. And I mean, that's, that's my second passion actually almost eclipses my deer hunting passion. So, yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, there's another person in this room that has another passion that almost eclipses deer hunting. <laughs> Well, it's not at the same time, though. No, I know. No, I know. It, I, I rip on. Uh, I rip on Chuck a lot here, John. But um, sometimes this this podcast turns into the turkey distraction. <laughs> I know you're a big turkey hunter too, so you guys I would actually get along. Hunting. Listen, I heard an owl the other night in Ohio, and I was just like, oh, "Where's the go?" I think I heard a gobble too this year. I'll tell you way. what. I have a picture for you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the other morning we were out. Uh, the old swamp property, and I think I heard a gobble from across the swamp. Oh, that wouldn't shock me, especially not yeah. out there. Yeah. It seems like out there, though, for whatever reason, in the fall, it's like all hens. It, yeah. I don't know like why. I've seen hens. a million out hens million. out there. Oh, yeah. It's a cool, that's a cool picture. That is a pretty cool trail cam pick. Holy. And a solid bird. Damn, oh, two long beards. And a, I love this deer just looking at him like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Dude, let me let me zoom in here for a second. You guys keep talking. <laughs> Why does this look like a a hen so much? I don't know. What do you think? It's a big old bearded hen. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not because it's it's got other things that make it not a hen, but it definitely looks like it. it's probably just the way its feathers. The one in the back. But yeah, like it looks like the feathers yeah. almost go right up to its head, which you know typically means hen, but. Yeah, he's got he's got his little snooter. Oh yeah, the little snooter. He's got his snooter up tight. I think it's just the way you can see the front one. It's got his feathers real ruffled up because the deer are like two feet from it. The scent snoods. Yeah, that's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. I had I had a picture similar to that on the trail camera. There was like a creek crossing I was on, and there were the turkeys on one side and the deer on the other side, and they were kind of having this standoff on one another. Yeah. And I'm not sure who won the actual battle, but <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty cool. And yeah, sure enough. I was in there. I was going to shoot a turkey if one came past me that day. And then the day after turkey season went out for 1A, there they were right in front of my camera. Yeah, It would have been a five-yard shot. I mean, they were just perfect right across. That always happens. It does. It does. I've always wanted to kill. I've never killed a a fall longbeard. I've killed hens in the fall. Never killed a fall longbeard. Always wanted to do it. So there's one thing about that that, like, actually like truly interests me and we we have we have a buddy kyle allen you mm-hmm. introduced me to him and he has a turkey dog oh, and sweet man it, yeah. it sounds like so much fun in the fall he goes out the dog breaks the flock and then he calls him back in did you see they killed like three turkeys they went up the fall or went up the their camp uh, up near Marionville, they killed three turkeys, and then uh, my buddy Dave Evans shot a, a real nice buck. Oh god! All in so the same awesome. weekend, that's like they sweet. all got turkeys. He got a buck. Like it was an unbelievable. I couldn't even imagine what kind of weekend they were having. Yeah, you that know? would be pretty awesome. Now does his dog like go hide in a camo sack? His dog literally but, lays but, right in between. his Yeah, legs. it'll run, break him up. He'll go up. It'll lay in between his legs, and he'll just throw like a little a little burlap over, burlap over top sweet. of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think hunting anything with dogs is awesome. I'll be honest. If we could hunt deer with dogs, or I would do it. I think it would be. My buddy went to Mississippi and did it. He said it was awesome. He killed two oh, yeah. bucks in a week off dogs. It was it was 
pretty it's, badass. It's it gets the same rep as like the Amish. It does. To be honest, like the dog hunters down south get that real negative rep and I, I think it's a little unwarranted, it's a little unfair. Everything has its place. Well, you know, it's tradition down there too. It's like mm-hmm. it's like the old fox hunt so to speak. Like those guys, that's what that's how they grew up hunting, you know. I mean, that's and they have it's different it would be different to hunt deer with dogs here. Maybe if you went up to the big woods, you could do it right on a different premise but like here it's like um there's too much it, pride yeah you, yeah you're gonna, you're what are you gonna, gonna do on 40 deer. acres no they do have that law you can your dogs are allowed to pursue game on to private property now um you are allowed to do that it'd be highly frowned upon you're not allowed to actually kill the animal that's there but if your dogs are taking an animal onto private property i mean it is legal yeah I, I did the coyote with dog hunting thing and that was an absolute blast that was so much fun. I believe it. It was it was awesome. Like just kind of chasing around and in the thrill and the quick action. I mean, that was, and it works. It's effective. Yeah, truly effective. I think anything when you add a dog into it, it puts a different perspective into the hunting, Absolutely. and it, it and it makes it in my mind makes it a little bit more enjoyable because you're you're working with the dog. I mean, rabbit hunting, bird hunting, you know, anything, coyote, deer, yep. bear. You know, they run pretty much anything with dogs. Yes, they do. Yeah. I think it's pretty interesting just watching a dog work. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think one of the more interesting ones is actually a buddy of ours also, Joe Seaburn. Yeah. Watching oh, yeah. his dog work squirrels and it's, is super yeah. freaking interesting, it, man. I, 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 I mean, I'm a, I love hunting dogs. That's it. Like, I love that. So watching it, I mean, watching a good dog work is incredible. And to know that that dog is you know, the time and effort that's been put into that animal to mm-hmm. do that. Like rabbit hunting, I'll just be honest. If it was me just kicking a bush and going to kill a rabbit, I don't think I'd ever do it. It's not much fun. Trust me, when we, we were between dogs. I've got a big trip coming up, and there's always something that winds up left in the trash bin at home while we're on vacation. Now I have a Lomi, and it's changed the way I think about my food waste. Lomi transforms my garbage into gold at the push of a button. Lomi is a countertop electric composter that turns food scraps into dirt in under four hours. I love composting, plus it's made cooking at home even more fun. There's no food rotting in my garbage and smelling up the kitchen. Thanks to Lomi, I only have to take the trash out once a week, and it's a hassle-free, mess-free experience with no more leaking bags. I turn my waste into nutrient-rich dirt that I can feed to my plants, lawn, or garden. That means it's not going into landfills and producing methane gas. All my food scraps, plant clippings, and even those leftovers I forgot in the back of the fridge go back into my garden, helping me grow more nutritious food right in my backyard. It feels great to know that I'm creating soil instead of waste. Whether you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just grow a beautiful garden, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com forward slash Waypoint and use the promo code Waypoint to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to Lomi.com slash Waypoint and use the promo code Waypoint at checkout. We didn't rabbit hunt much because it's not enjoyable. It's not even close to as enjoyable as... And I love my, my, my beagles, like, like they run pheasants too. So I, I love that. I know a lot yeah. of guys frown upon that, they call it junk, but my dogs are hunting dogs. I like to kill those pheasants off of them. Some of the better pheasant dogs like around. Yeah. They, yeah. I, I say my dogs are the best because these pheasants around here are not your wild birds out, right. out west. They don't like stupid. to fly. 
So yeah. you got to have a dog that's either going to hound them and get them off the ground. Mm-hmm. And when they run in front of my dogs, they're either going to fly or they're going to get caught. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is great. Funny though, man. I'm actually oh. like, we're, we're real serious about starting to train both our beagles on um, blood tracking now because it just makes sense. And I'm, I'm actually pretty upset when I shot my buck. That would have been the perfect track to bring my dog on because it ran 120 yards, 100 yards. You saw it over, right? Like it was a 100% successful track to train them on and totally blew it. But go start in the off season, man. Have somebody save some of that liver. Save well, some I mean, it's do, not even that. that. Just, that just, just to get them going, you know, just to get them started. Why not? Right. You know, if we, if you have an automatic, like, you know, kill hundred yards, why not bring him out and just see what he does mm-hmm. see how he reacts? No, you know? we, my buddy hit a big buck and actually that's another story. He ended up getting it a big buck and uh, we called the dog in the next day. Mm-hmm. We called one of those, uh, was a United blood trackers, yep. I believe. And it was impressive to watch those dogs work. I was like in awe watching those dogs work. Yeah. And I was, um, he explained a little bit to it and those dogs are not that his dogs were not trained to actually track blood. They were trained to track the scent of that deer. Interdigital gland. Yeah. The yeah. interdigital gland is what they, and he was showing us and he said that that's how they can pick if that deer runs into where a hundred deer have been, that dog can track that specific deer through that yeah. chaos, which uh, was is incredible. That, is there another scent that they give off once they're injured? Is that correct, or did I hear that somewhere, or is it just that that deer has its own identity through that interdigital gland? Well, he was saying there's something about like when a deer is mortally wounded versus like when a deer has like a flesh wound, okay. like it emits a different odor. Like he's like, if this deer's dead, it's gonna find it. Like yeah, he was. See, like, that's what I heard from another bl- blood tracker, basically, that um, was talking about you know the time frame in which they produce this scent from being injured. Apparently, it only gives off scent for so long, and then it goes away, and their dogs tracked it for so long, and then just kind of, like, gave up on it. So, I don't know. Another, Oh, sorry to cut you off. Another little tidbit that he said, which was pretty cool, and I'm going to go into this. He was like, everybody wants to hug the front shoulder when they shoot a deer with a bow. He said, quit it. And I was like, well, what do you mean? He goes... Gut shot deer, if you leave them alone, are 100% of the time, unless a coyote kicks them up, we're going to find your deer. Yeah. He's like, I'm not advocating that you aim for their gut, try to gut shoot a deer. But what I'm saying is instead of holding your pin right behind the shoulder, he's like, hold it that extra few inches back. And if you throw it and hit it in the guts, intestines, we're going to find it. He's like, just be honest with yourself. Don't muddle the track. Go get your air, stick it in the ground, leave. Call us. We'll find your deer. Yeah. yeah. It was like 100% of the time. I know uh, when I had to call the blood tracker, which thankfully that was the first year that it was legal in Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah, you got lucky. I did get very lucky with that. And that was actually, I shot that deer right in the guts, man. I didn't stop him and I know I should have. And I shot him back. And we tracked that deer for quite a while in the morning. We got a, we got a couple guys to come out. I think your brother and Anthony and a couple guys came out. We tracked the deer across a creek and... You know, we had to bring waders and everything. It was it was gnarly. It was a gnarly track. And we ended up bumping that deer. And, you know, we backed out. We left. We, we called some trackers. Some of them couldn't come out. One was going on a walleye charter or something like that. And I ended up getting a hold of the one lady, and she was sick. Um, She had, like, cold or 
pneumonia or something. I don't remember what it was exactly, but she ended up calling us the next day. She felt better and we went out and it was a hellacious track, man. But I'll tell you what, when that dog got a hold of that scent from that gut shot, it was like a beeline, man. Mm-hmm. And it, it took it took them a while to find the scent because we followed that trail for a while. But we had been in there kind of muddling it up a little we bit. We did, a little bit. And the, the biggest problem was we couldn't take it to the hit site because it was across the creek and there was no good you way had to, to cross it. chest waders to right. get across. And so she kind of started it on the other side and there just wasn't a lot of good scent. Plus, I mean, not that it makes a difference for dogs, but I mean, it had been raining for like 18 straight hours or something ridiculous off and on. Um, from the time that he shot it to when we got in there and man, that dog literally once it got on it and there was, you know, some puddled areas too, yeah. where a lot of that scent will hit that and then disperse throughout the puddled area, which is also kind of an issue because one dog or one deer could come through and pick up the scent of that deer and then take it off a different <coughs> path, which could create issues. But I remember specifically about his, you know, one point she, she didn't almost call it, but she was like, Look, my dog is acting like this deer is still alive, being very aggressive, pulling, barking, like doesn't typically do that unless, you know, it's it's still an alive deer, like it's a hot scent. She said, but let me, and she checked and she's like, but we've been on a straight line now for like 400 yards, 500 yards. She's like, I mean, gut shot deer run straight lines till they pretty much bed and die. I forgot about that part. Yeah. And she's like, we'll take it a little bit farther. And sure enough, we went. 150 yards farther maybe and you know the dog took us basically right there the deer had just j-hooked back around and was dead laying right there yeah crazy just that crazy. was a crazy that was a crazy track mm-hmm. it's crazy what dogs can do it really is oh my yeah gosh, it's yeah, insane man. i mean that the, the, the buck that my buddy hit he didn't end up getting it that day the dog wasn't able to and we had the track would been very muddled by us and other people but the dog, once it locked on, like it was like boom, boom, boom. It had it. It was awesome yeah. to watch. Um, it was, I don't know. It was, I, I can tell you one thing if I ever hit a deer and it's less than perfect hit, I'm going to take their advice. I'm going to back out and call them immediately. Right. It's kind of like, especially now that we're allowed to do it, it's kind of best practice. I mean, I know a lot of them charge money. And if you don't have the money, maybe, you know, think about the other options give it time and then go in but if you think it's a marginal hit don't psych yourself up into really going in and nope. pushing that deer i mean giving it the time it's only going to be more dead yeah especially on those quartering away or quartering at shots oh definitely definitely you know? those that's that's both of them quartering towards and quartering mm-hmm. away it's a tough shot anytime man. you got quartering you're going to be more likely to miss both lungs yep. and more likely to hit something like a liver or guts on the entrance or the exit and when you do something like that that one lung it could live a long time but if you get it through the diaphragm you get it through the guts or the liver that deer is going to die like you said it's 100 yep. percent fatality i mean they're going they're not going to live through that so you know you make a great point about you know, staying away from the shoulder and, and avoiding it and whatnot. And, but at the same sense, you know, I mean, where I hit mine, I hit my deer, like one of the last two ribs and back straight through blew up both. You should have seen the chest cavity. I was literally just shoveling puddles of just blown up lung and, and everything else from the insides and got the job done quick. These, these broadheads nowadays are incredible. I mean, any any broadhead, you think about the, the cutting radius of these broadheads. Now mm-hmm. they're 
your margin of error is a little greater than it used to be. And it puts these broadheads such, put such a devastating wound in these deer that it will, I mean, most times it's going to, it's going to result in, you know, fatality, just a matter of how long it takes. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. But I mean, like you mentioned, Austin, with the money thing, that's pretty much the main reason we started talking about, hey, let's just start training our own dogs that are bred to do this kind of thing. Because, you know, who's going to call, honestly, who's going to call Blood Tracker for a doe you hit back for well, 150 bucks, 100 bucks to go track a doe? It depends, too. I mean, not you all of I mean? them charge a flat rate. Some of them just right. work off of tips. I know the lady that did mine, that buck right there, mm -hmm. she charged tip. She didn't tell you right. price, anything like that. She was just basically like, hey, whatever you feel is fair. Well, and I see, think I gave her a hundred bucks. Yeah. And see, the problem with that is now with the price of gas, these guys can't really do that. Yeah. They can't afford to do it because if they get stiffed on one or two jobs, every job they're driving to is in a half an hour to an hour away. You know, imagine the time and effort they put into training these dogs and doing what they do. And, and to do it for free just... It really doesn't seem fair. No. You know what I mean? It depends, and, too. I mean, a lot of those guys, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, go on. A lot of those guys do it because they love working their yes. dogs. Just like he loves trialing his dogs and other guys love trialing their dogs. And they like watching their dogs work also. Absolutely. Um, that guy did charge a rate. But, I mean, like, for instance, that guy was coming from Franklin to, Let's poke. to here, which is probably an hour. Yep. just to track that deer and then was leaving that track to go to another one out by Wexford mm. that night. So, I mean, he's got all this driving to do. He's, I mean, he had a rate. It was, it was like a hundred bucks. And then if you found your deer, an, an additional 50. Yeah. So, yeah. Some I mean, of them work different too. They might have a flat rate and then if they find it, you tip the dog. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is, yeah. yeah. Yep. I've heard that as well. Um, but it's kind of an interesting it, concept, it is. that's all. It is, and in, in reality, why not? I mean, you know, I talked to the one guy, and he was like, look, and the same guy that you guys used, I talked to him, and he's like, you know, kind of asked me some questions and whatnot about the guy I used, and um, pretty much his theory on it was, if I show up and the guy's got a $60,000 truck and a $2,000 bow set up and, you know, four thousand dollars worth of sick of gear on and i'm trying to charge them a hundred bucks to find their deer or 150 dollars that is the cheapest part of their success <laughs> yeah, is absolutely. me it's kind of true with actually. a dog yeah, he's like i don't feel so bad he said if i cross state lines into ohio i'm charging more because you know that's just what it is and in reality how do you put a price on a on a trophy animal too at that point you know i mean it's worth it. It really is. Yeah. Not a trophy animal. Even any any deer that you take the time to shoot is a trophy. Is a trophy, and yeah. you deserve it. Deserves the respect to follow yeah. it to the utmost to do everything in your power to find that deer. And if that means calling a dog, then that means calling a dog. So yeah. And sometimes you got to swallow your pride too, and kind of you know accept the truth in your own mind. Like you know. Hey, you know you, you might think you made a good shot, but sometimes you just know you made a bad shot, and it just it it's a hard pill to swallow. But you got to accept it sometimes. And then yep. you gotta you gotta make the decision what you have to do at that point. It's hard to admit to your buddies and stuff too. Like, man, I just straight gut shot this deer. That stinks. And but you got to be honest because it's the best thing for you and the deer and the recovery of everything mm -hmm. if you admit it to yourself. Totally, totally. Yeah, I mean the people that say, I swear I hit him right behind the shoulder, but I got three inches of penetration or this or that, or I got it passed through and you can see their arrows full of guts or something. You know, it, first thing is if you 
shot a deer right where you said you shot them behind the shoulder, perfect in the ribs, you're going to find that deer in a hundred yards or 200 yards or less. Yep. I mean, that's the thing of it. And that's what most guys say, like the blood trackers, they'll get people that lie to them or sell them this, but you got the other option too, like the other end of the spectrum where they'll tell them, Hey, yep. Straight gut shot them. So they show up automatically with their dogs. They show up and they see all muscle blood. Like, well, now you, you shoulder, she clearly you shot the shot right in the shoulder or, yeah. or neck uh-huh. or brisket or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you just don't know people, people lie the other direction. It's just about being honest to be being ethical to find the animal. Yeah. And the more honest you are, especially with dog trackers, the better your results are going to be. And, you know, I honestly, when I shot and hit wounded, didn't find the one I shot. I thought I hit him in the front shoulder. The angle and everything, the video, kind of playing it back. But I remember in my mind, you know, when I shot that, that arrow went back, immediately went back. And I knew it and did everything I could. And the deer still was still alive and is still alive, by the way. So has he been showing up on camera? He showed up on camera. That's cool. The night before I shot my buck, he showed up on Joe's trail camera. And of course, he was sleeping still and didn't tell me. I I don't know if I would have past the deer i shot had i known that deer was still alive but i would have liked to have known so i could close the story on it yeah if that makes sense i would have rather hunted that deer specifically kind of like matt talking to him when we spoke with him last episode you know he passed a really good buck because he was after the one that he had hit yeah wounded and he wanted to end that story and i kind of where i was at but at the same point now i can help my three brothers and say hey one of you need to shoot this deer because I need my broadhead back. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in all joking aside, I, I mean, I can get them on and hope one of them close the story for me because that's yeah. all I can do at this point. Listen, and we've kind of alluded to it a couple of times. You did shoot a buck. It's a great buck. I'd have shot it too. That's I mean, a they were, dang nice buck, man. Oh, yeah, man. There was no pass you, in that bucket. You got to remember where you're hunting too. I think, we oh, get, yeah. I think sometimes people get a little carried away with numbers and stuff. We are still hunting in Pennsylvania. This is not Illinois. This is yeah. not Iowa. This is not Kansas. And as much as you want to try to make it be, it's not. Right. I mean, there are good deer here. Don't don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But the density of good deer is just not the same as it is mm-hmm. out in the Midwest. Yeah. I know this deer, the one that I shot, was one that we were getting on camera quite frequently. And, and man, every time I saw him, I'm like, oh, that deer. You know, you see it on the picture, like that little thing that pop up notification, and you see it's a buck, and it's like zoomed. I'm like, oh, that's a good buck. And I look at him like, man, that is like, that's a young stud. If he, you can just give him another year, you know, kind of one of them things. Like you always talk about, like, man, if we can give that deer another year, he is going to be absolute giant. But I'm telling you right now, when I saw that deer run across the field, he was a 140. <laughs> Dude, I swear, he looks so damn big. And I, you know, I'll tell the rest of the story on another episode. But, oh, man, I, I don't regret one bit of it. No. Like I said, since Monday, I've been a different man. Just like the relief of getting it done. It's, I'm, I'm, I might go squirrel hunting tomorrow if... If Joe's dog's ready to go, there you go, man. Honesty, so good old Willow. Yeah, she's got some shoulder issues right now. I guess he's been running her too hard. So hopefully she's back up and good to go by tomorrow, and I can go shoot some squirrel. I want to take you guys rabbit hunting a day. Yeah, I mean that'd be fun if I could either bring my beagle along too. I've been trying to train him up a little bit. Throw her in. I don't care. Okay, we can try it out. Yeah, Yeah, I'd take you guys rabbit hunting, but. 
Well, I had a heartbreaker I, in New York too this year, though. I wasn't even gonna bring it up, man. Well, I'll, I'll talk about. You're it. gonna bring it. All right. So, all right. Since I brought my heartbreak up, you can yeah. Bring no, we're, up. we're talking about this stuff. We'll just do it. Um, took a little mini trip to New York. Um, was two and a half days. We were running. And uh, the outskirts of New York City, just for anybody who's asking. Yeah. The Bronx, right? Yeah. 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 But anyhow, um, first night in the stand, did a little like quick, quick scout in the morning, didn't hunt in the morning, did a quick scout. And uh, what were you looking for? Well, we were. So you went, were you looking for hot sign? Were you looking for pinch points? I mean, it's starting to get into the rut a little bit. We were, I was looking for hot sign, man. I was looking for scrapes and, uh, where we're where we're hunting there's um it's swampy and uh we were just looking for i was looking for the hot sign man that's that's it and and we were trying to find like where these deer were because they seem to move um year to year we found the same area several years and uh found this spot um like a little point that came up out of the out of the swamp and there was um a couple couple nice fresh big scrapes on it and just doing a quick scout that looked like a good spot, and then I gave it a try that night. And uh, I'll be honest, I had the biggest buck that I've ever had a chance to release an arrow at come right in, and uh, came on a beeline right across. Um, had him at 15 yards, and I shot. When the arrow left the bow, I thought I got him. It looked it looked great. Heard the whack, deer jumped, took about, ran hard at first. And I was like. But something just didn't sound right about the impact of the arrow. Mm-hmm. And uh It wasn't that hollow watermelon. No. No, yeah. it was a crack. It was a crack, but then it was like it was not it was not I, I mean I've shot enough deer, I was like, that just doesn't sound good. Yeah. And then the reaction of the deer, he ran hard at first, which kinda got my hopes up, but then he s- slammed on the brakes right before he went in the swamp and he turned and snapped his head back around and looked at me. I was like, he's either going down or this is not good. And he like started to look around and he literally just turned around and freaking walked away. And, Gave you the and, finger. Yeah. And I, I mean, that when cock, I, the asshole. yeah, when I got down and went to my arrow, I only got about two. I mean, I had, I hit him dead center in the shoulder. I only got about two inches of penetration and the arrow just popped right out. He's not even, he might he's got a sore shoulder. He's got a sore shoulder, yeah. but it yeah. was, a, it was a, it was a really big deer. It was it was a really big buck. I know you don't like to talk about how big deer are, but give me like a. Well, I mean, you don't gotta give me inches or anything, but like give me, give me your hands here. Well, what, he was what like, do you think? dude, it was like that wide, and I mean, it had it had tines like it was it was big. It was like it. Was, I mean, if you'd have told me the tines were twelve or bigger, I wouldn't call you a liar. I mean, it was that dusk right right at dark like the last you know the witching hour the last 15 20 minutes of daylight shooting dark light. 30 yeah and deer I mean, 30 that deer i'll just never, <laughs> i'll never forget him coming through the mm-hmm. the there was like ragweed and there were like little saplings and as i just heard you know like when you hear a deer coming but it takes you like that's like where is it where is it? it's coming quick and i'm like I'm like snapping my head around, like, where is it? And I looked and I saw it and I could hear the sound, which threw me off. It was like ticking and it was his rack hitting off of the saplings in the oh, ragweed no field. I was like, oh my God. He just <laughs> I mean, it was, it sounded like a freight train just coming. And, you know, here's one of the things hunting, um, some state land. Um, you can't cut shooting lanes. So you're like trying to like, 
contort trees to like, so you have holes. Right. And there was a big scrape um, right in front of me. And there was no doubt in my mind he was coming to work that scrape. And I couldn't let him get there. I wish I could have because I would have had a great 10 yard rip at him, but I couldn't let him get there because I had no hole to shoot there. So I had to shoot him as he was walking to get to the scrape. And then I, you know, your mind works on, it was like, I'm shooting this recurve and, um, it's slower than my compound. Like, and I was afraid to stop him cause I was afraid he might jump the string. And I mean, I'm trying to make excuses, but the fact of the matter is I just hit him square in the shoulder and that's what it is. I was two inches away from burying it in both lungs and it was over. Yeah. It but happens, man. It does happen, but listen, that Staten Island game commission is not that big of a deal. You can cut some lanes here and there. Okay. The, the, the guys in the Bronx, they ain't going to bother you. Not don't uh, bullshit me. It was the Bronx zoo. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. <laughs> that's why I was so big. Uh, it makes total sense. That hurts, man. I, I've been there. Been there too many times. Big deer missing, uh, even missing or hitting and not finding. It well, sucks. But my brother-in-law, he was talking to me, and he's like, "Well, I was like, well, you know, James, I've I've hunted twenty three years for that opportunity, and I botched it, you know, and that that's that stuck with me a little while. But you know what? You got to keep keep moving on. That's right. I'm gonna go back there in a week or two, and I'm gonna pound him with a rifle, and it's gonna be over. There it's you almost go. gun season. Hey, look, it could be worse. You could go to Illinois and spend five hundred dollars and shoot your first buck ever, and then find it, and someone cut the head off and left with it. That sounds could familiar. It <laughs> could be that experience. Did someone have that happen? Yeah, me. Oh my god! <laughs> first archery buck ever yeah. in Illinois. In Illinois, shot him. Found him the next, well, found him later that, shot on, him in the morning. We on public land? Public land, yeah. And he ran into the campground, no hunting. And um, we oh. tracked him and jumped him and backed out. And then I went back later that evening, found him right next to the road, head cut clean off. Oh, my God. <sighs> the whole thing was pretty much eaten by coyotes, head cut off. Someone took the, took the head. Yeah. Just shitty, man. That's, <laughs> oh, it's a and shame. you know what? You hunt long enough. You have these 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 things happen. Anybody that tells me they've never wounded a deer in their life is probably telling me they haven't been on it very long. Yeah. Yeah. It, if you do it long enough, and the, the saying is all with our family, if you do it long enough, it's going to happen. Yep. I mean, it's just the unfortunate part. You're shooting an arrow off of a stringed, you know, piece of equipment that's not a crossbow. <coughs> Sorry. I'm just kidding. You can still <laughs> wound them with crossbows. <laughs> you can. That was for Matt, by the way. That was only literally for Matt. Um, just Unreal. just busting balls. Yeah. But in all in all reality, you're shooting a projectile through the air that could hit a twig. It could it could do anything, right? Yep. On the way there. Look at uh look at what just happened to Justin. Yeah. I, I feel so bad, Justin, uh, for bringing that up. Bring I'm so up. sorry, Come buddy. On. He's gonna hear this. So much heartbreak. It's so much heartbreak. But even that, he had like it was a super small tree, man. Tiny, tiny like tree. Like a two inch. This diameter. is yesterday. And he, I mean, he, it was right after work and stuff like that. He got out and he had vitals on this side, vitals on this side. And he decided to pick this side and he shot the freaking tree, dude. Just and he is like devastated. Yeah. I mean, anything can happen, but like the truth of it is that deer moves a lot by the time the arrow gets there. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of things between there and your bow anything literally anything can happen you're going to eventually wound an animal at some point it, that's the nature of the game that's what we don't want to do we hate it it's the worst feeling in the world it is that gut-wrenching you want to quit everything kind of feeling and 
man, it's tough. But the best way to get past is just continue to go out. Yep. Keep hunting hard. Keep, uh, like you said, go out and you're going to blast them with a rifle and, and you're going to put them on your wall. So, got to have good, you got to have a good attitude. You got to. Yeah. I mean, that's, you can't, you can't be a pessimist and kill deer, man, because you're going to have something that's going to go wrong. Even if, even if it's not like hitting one and not getting, it's like blowing a good opportunity, like yeah. getting winded or getting busted. I mean, anytime that happens, you're going to be at a low and you just got to keep going. Yeah. Yeah, well, think, man. You know what? The next one's coming in, and I'm going to drill them. That's what I'm talking That's about. That, I like that you, confidence. You, you yeah. absolutely have to. You have to. You have to have that mindset. In the words of the great Joe Dirt, "Life's a garden. Dig it. You got to keep on keeping on." Well, like some, <laughs> you know, some, some people. Like I have a couple of buddies that are like, "Oh man, it's going to be hot. Like it's not going to be good." Well, you know what, man? You're not going to get them sitting in a car or sitting in your house either. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely. When we get into my buck story, there's going to be a lot about built around confidence, the word confidence and the way, what it means in deer hunting, confidence in your spot, confidence in your setup, confidence in your equipment. When you don't have that kind of stuff, it's real hard to be optimistic about going out and hunting that day. And it's real easy to make excuses to sit on the couch because sitting on the couch is the easier option. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, if we killed deer every time we went in the woods... It wouldn't be deer hunting, right? It would be killing. Yep. And any, everyone's heard that. Nice. <laughs> That'll boy. Get that white claw. No, I'm just trying to get a sodi pop here. <laughs> There's more on the side, John. But it all goes back to the same thing and why we do it, why we love it, and the passion that gets you up out of bed. I, I listened to a good podcast, or well, it was like a YouTube podcast, Dan Infault. And he talks about big time about like attitude in deer hunting. And I thought it was very, very like, you have to be such a confident hunter. And, uh, and I thought that was very, very, very good uh, yeah. podcast. He doesn't even talk about like tactics at all. in in this episode, it's just about mentality and like what you're willing to do and like, mm-hmm. and being confident in yourself. Like every time you sit, you're going to, I'm going to get him this time. And that's how he keeps going and driving. And that's how he kills big deer. Yeah. Something, someone that like pops into my mind when you, when you say that, like confidence and how he was saying that someone that's really, what do you read my mind? I'm waiting for your answer. Okay. I'm I'm going into it like this, like the person that pops into my mind like that is Clint Caster. Fucker, you took my uh, yeah. I just, I just like the guy is so confident. He shoots all the time. He's, he's very confident in his equipment and his number one thing. Let me get those limbs bent back. Yep. You're fucked. Mm-hmm. But not only that, too, like they talk about, I was going to bring up him as well with the mindset that they talk about going out west and hunting. Yes. Like the people you want to go out there and hunt with are the people that have to have that mindset that when things go shitty, things go bad, they're the ones that are going to pick you up and keep moving forward. They're not going to just lay down yep. and take it. You know, you got to be the guy that wants to keep going and they will take somebody that's out of shape they can't make it up the mountain but if they have the right mindset they're gonna do it they're gonna get it done yep Yep. you know they're gonna find a way to get it done and that's what you need for hunting and yeah definitely clint casper that was the first person i thought oh absolutely that guy's a freaking beast man we gotta get him back on here that would be fun yeah yeah he's he was chasing muleys or elk just the other day he's chasing everything man what doesn't he that guy chase yeah i think it was muleys he was very as an animal currently chasing but I'm sure he's got a giant Ohio deer lined up as well. He's a late season guy, so. Mm-hmm. Well, what else do you want to cover, man? We're 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 up there on time. Yeah, we're up there on time. John, do you got anything you want to 
No, we didn't touch you. on or anything? No. Um, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It's been a blast. Definitely, man. You want to plug your, your social media? What do you mean? Your social media account? <laughs> no. Anything like that? I'm no? Okay. Well, I, I like it. I don't have any social media. What, do you want to look me up on Facebook? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah if people want to see you. Yeah. They can be my friend. They can I'm be my wanna, friend. I won't be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> Lieutenant Dan, ice cream. <laughs> oh, hey, Congratulations, man. Thanks, Great man. year. Thanks. An absolutely just stud year, killing your first year with traditional. Thank you. Um, good luck. Hopefully yep. you get on that one up in New York. And if you do, let us know but about We're going to make it happen. Yeah. I think later on in the year, too, maybe if we get together and do a little rabbit hunt or something like that, I'd like to kind of break into the beagling aspect and stuff like that. I'd like to talk. In the about, off season. I'd like to talk a little about snowshoe hair hunting. That, oh, yeah. That's a blast. I'd be down for that. That's a that's a serious sport. I, I, I really enjoy that, and I'd love to talk about that. Well, here's here. the deal, then. I think we should go up. You do that up north? Yeah. Yeah. So we got We can go up north. We can go hang out at the camp, do some snowshoe hair hunting, and then we could do a podcast and talk about it. He's pretty sad in his hair. His hair spots. Well, we'll probably see. not going to get you there. Hey, no, we can we can take like <laughs> the the C D and E F grade kind of hunting spots. I don't care about that. Yeah, you know, I I've never seen a snowshoe hair in my entire life. Didn't even think they existed. Oh, they exist. I know they exist. I know people that kill them every year. Do you know what there. else exists that most people don't think exists? <laughs> <laughs> Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah. Well, mountain lions in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. Listen, I know a guy. He knows what he's seen. He knows what he saw. The game commission put them here. What, what was the old South Park? The, the, the man bear pig. <laughs> man, bear, half man, half bear, half pig. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm him. I'm super ethereal, guy. <laughs> man bear pig. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that uh, that that would be it. But I, there's one thing that we didn't do, and I wanted to touch on it at the mm. beginning of the episode. I wanted to shout out a couple people who killed some deer. You know, in these past couple of weeks here. Good point. You have the list, so if you don't mind just running Do you down. have any on yours? Uh, no, I let you write them down. You just let me write them down. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start off with your dad because he killed a buck tonight. He did kill Shout one Shout out to that dude. Hours ago. Yeah, just hours ago. Little nine-pointer. Yep, little nice, nine-pointer. Nice nine-pointer. Yeah, I'm down for that. Joe shot a doe tonight, your brother Joe. My dad actually shot a doe tonight, too. <laughs> well, he's just a freaking animal. He's, he's down <laughs> he's, for it. Just racking and stacking. Yeah, I'm just gonna keep on the on the doe train here for a okay. second. I'm gonna go with old Herb. Herb. Herb shot a doe. He's one Herb of our Patreons. You guys should check that dude out. He's a cool dude. James Wade, your brother-in-law over there. Yep. He shot a nice buck today. Yep. And today uh, he shot a buck. He shot a buck Man, today. And I'll tell you what. What is it? The ninth? November ninth? It's 10th? November ninth. Ninth. Yeah. Get in the woods, boys. Get in the woods. And then our boy Josh Jensen from Screw Gear. He shot his first whitetail. First whitetail ever. How about that? Oh, my gosh. We're going to get him on and talk about it. That's pretty exciting. Heck, yeah. Another guy we have to get on as well. Another guy we got to get on. And another guy Jens. right here that we have to get on. Jens. We got to yep. get him on. He shot which, a slammer muley. We talked about bringing him on after this. I believe it was after this mule deer hunt that he was going on. We were going to get him on and talk about it because he killed antelope, mule deer now. He, he's yeah, he's on year. it. He's on it. He's having a good, real good year. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting a thousand people right now, but yeah, that's we, who's on the top of my mind. Right definitely drew a blank when we started talking about this. I was like, uh, oh, you know what? Did we ever talk about um, Pick shot a nice buck? Did we mention No, Pick, Pick shot a nice buck. I th maybe we did mention him last time. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe we mentioned him for the, the doe. Yeah. 
But he did, he did since shoot a, a pretty decent In Pennsylvania. Buck. Really, really, yeah, nice, really buck. nice buck in yeah. Pennsylvania. That's right. And a turkey. A nice turkey. <laughs> like the day after or something? The day I get, dude, the dude's on a roll. Oh, no. He's on a roll. On fire. On fuego. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> on fuego. <laughs> Hilarious. Well, that's, that's it, guys. Let's wrap it up, boys. Yeah. Until next week. The distraction is real.